Jet, what are all these cats doing here? What's that smoke? What's going on? Dude, pot cat. Like, cat on pot. Welcome back to yet another episode in the Auction House Podcast, guys. This is episode six. It's a very exciting time. We have some exciting things going on this episode. Don't be Jack. Don't be Jack. Indeed, 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 indeed. So we're going to talk about a couple of things. Um, we have, first of all, we have Hickons on the show. We got some crossover economy talk. We got some flipping talk. It's all very exciting. It's big stuff because Hikans is one of those people that uh, you, you look at the amount that he's making and you're like, okay, well... That uh, that seems like that that seems like it doesn't really work. How how can I make that much gold? I want to be able to do that. How do I do that? And that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to pick the brain of Econs, right, Jack? Yeah. And also, we're gonna talk about BlizzCon. What's going to happen? What we can expect for uh, next week? All very exciting stuff for sure. I'm excited yep. for BlizzCon. I'm too excited for BlizzCon indeed. But welcome, Econs. Welcome, Woo! welcome, welcome. Yay! Welcome. Say something. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. <laughs> say something. You should have. You should have just say something. You should. That's what you should have said. Just. Yeah, you did it all wrong again, man. I mean, Jack, you didn't make it easy for him, okay? So tell us, Hikons. Is it the name Hikons or Hikons? What is it? I think either is fine. That's not the answer you wanted, huh, Jack? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it just depends on on who says it. I mean, I like saying hecons. That's what I like. I don't know. Yeah, sounds I, good to I me. Keep it a hecons. Yeah. I call them Hank. Yeah, yeah. That's the new. That's the new name. Hey, let's uh, start with uh, the token price because there has a little bit movement with uh, the new game. It got put out on the Blizzard launcher as a pre-order. No official release date, so the price did not move that much on a wild token. But for the uh, for the wild token, we have a look at it, and we 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 see here in the last week that it's been actually going up. Is it? It's been going up quite a lot, it's especially on on EU and the NA token has also been been quite high. But if we start out with the EU token, we would see that it's been it's actually been hanging around the 175 176k most of the day pretty much and oh i think it was yesterday it went all the way up to like almost 182k which is really high yeah and in the us it uh, started from uh last monday the price went up uh slightly uh we started the uh, last week with an uh below the 120k and it uh, ended almost uh Today at 125k. Obviously, we had uh, the mount and the the celebration package. That was kind of the things that first off took the price up to a higher point, and then we had Crash mm-hmm. Bandicoot, and then obviously now that BlizzCon is on the horizon, it's right around the corner. We are going to potentially see even more of a spike. Yeah. So if the token price is going to high for you. Blame Trash Bandicoot for it and not uh, Blizzard. Or wait, do Blizzard? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, if that if that works for you, yeah. <laughs> works for me. 
Hey Gons, do you have anything to tell about the token price? Do you do anything special? Like you maybe have a tip for the token price buyers? Uh, I usually just time my buys on the weekends. They just seem to tend to go down on like Saturdays for NA. And then like right before raids on like reset days, like Tuesday and Wednesday, seem pretty good. What about the time you buy them? Like the time of the day? Oh, just like afternoon, early evening for NA. Okay, yeah. It's very different than EU actually because that's the usual the, the the usual best time to buy the tokens is in the middle of the night or like very early morning. <laughs> it's usually the cheapest point. This week we have the uh, lovers in the air vent, and uh, there's a lot of people like farming those lucky charms to get the bracelets and to buy like uh, the toys from the vendor or uh, the mount. And I want to talk about the mount. It's like the pink chicken I like to call it, and um. If I'm checking at the moment the EU region value, it's basically staying the same. Um, in actually, it's going up in price. It's ridiculous, actually. But um, however, the quantity is also going up. It's uh, actually moving behind the pricing value. So I think it will catch up later in the week, and the price will drop. Now there's one little change. Um, Last time there was Love in the Air, 2020, we had more multi-boxes than normally. And what that means is that the price will drop lesser fast and the quantity will rise lesser fast as well. And it has to do basically uh, with there's lesser farming of the Lucky Charms, means lesser bracelets, lesser products on the market. Uh, I think it's a question of waiting. Check it out while the price is what the price is doing, and uh, yeah, we will see later on what what will happen with the price of the uh, pink chicken or the swift lovebird. It's very hard to say because when we look at at the regional daily summary, and and if you click on all, you can see that usually the amount of swift lovebirds that you see on the auction house posted is a way higher than what we're experiencing currently. I mean, this is. Yes. This is really, really low for the fact that the uh, event is currently going on. And I mean, if it continues to go like this, it's 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 regional price is going to probably get to its highest point ever, I would imagine. I think so as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if if you are as an individual want this mount, I would say this is probably the, the absolute best time to get it. And it's probably only going to get more and more expensive uh un- unless you want to wait a full year <laughs> that's a yeah that's well maybe it's it, it, there's a possibility the price will drop next week yeah. uh we don't yeah. know the event is for how long is it still it's, on the event? i think it, for yeah it's a total of two weeks and we've had three days so far so we still have 11 days left um so there's still a very long time that people can farm a lot of these mounts um so if if you're one to say make a long-term investment this is definitely something that you could look out for you could check your own server if if it's dropping in value over the next 11 days and then you can make a decision if you want to 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 buy a couple and then hold on to them until you know a couple months forward and then hopefully the price will increase because we've seen that you know pretty much every single other year but this is a, this is a very different time it's a very different expansion so it's hard to say there's a lot less people multi-boxing, so there's going to be a lot less mounts, uh, I think, throughout the event. Uh, have you been checking the price of the bird? Uh, no, I actually checked out a couple of the farms 
uh, just to see if they still worked. I think it's just a lot less people farming it uh, with their multi-box teams. Yeah, it's it seems uh, from from what I've been told, it takes around two and a half hours to to farm one swift lovebird. So with with less and less people out there um, being able to farm it, especially with almost no multi-boxers, it, it makes sense that there's a lot less of these lovebirds. So you could also say that you know it might even be a potential to get these at the prices that they're currently at if they stick around at these prices. That this might be the new cheap. We don't we we don't know for sure. So I think it's taken roughly like two hours to farm in past years with one account. Yeah, but when you like do it on like multiple accounts, it's a lot easier to get mounts. Like, oh yeah, obviously. a couple each hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get multiple since there's more accounts. It makes sense. So I'm just waiting for the price to drop to like a below thirty k because I have to see them go below thirty k in the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it still it still might happen. Absolutely. Um. But we'll see. We'll see. And another part of the uh, little Love is in the Air event here is if you're one that's trying to get your uh, big love rocket or you're just doing a little bit of the content every day and you're not grinding for anything specifically, but if you want to make a little bit of an extra gold uh, from one of the things that you farm, the Lovely Charm bracelets, you cannot post them on the auction house, but you can trade them to other people. And a lot of people are looking to buy them in uh, trade chat. So if you're, you know, if you want to make a little bit extra gold, you can potentially sell the lovely charm bracelets uh, in the trade chat. If that's something you want to do, if yeah. so a little extra option, uh, if you want to get rid of them and don't hold on to them, that's totally up to you. Yeah, problem is only that they don't stick, so yeah. you have to like sell one at a time yeah. or try to have your own guild bank and put them in there and uh, see if you can make a deal. The next thing that we have to talk about is here uh, a couple of days ago is we got information that there's going to be four new mailboxes uh, yes. in Oribus. And it only took <laughs> what, almost four months. <laughs> no, yeah. it's um, it, not four months, but like almost whatever. However long since the expansion came out, um, finally blizzard decides that there's going to be four mailboxes in Oribos. so we don't get four new there's going to be two new ones um because currently there exists two in the actual city but a lot of people don't know about the second mailbox because it's on an outer ring of Oribos. uh and you can't see it if you're inside it's kind of weird but we're gonna have two new additional mailboxes uh, one is going to be just outside where the uh, banking area is where the great vault is and then we're going to have one all the way over on the other side where the portals to Ogremind Stormwind is. Yeah, I even heard there's going to be a fifth one, yeah. one at the jailer, but good luck getting yeah. there. Yeah, it's a little, you know, a little weird. But it is it is pretty nice. He needs to get his meal as well, right? I mean, I guess that's true. I guess that's true, yeah. I mean, it's not only any mate, it's any meal. I'm leaving, I'm out. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to the extra mailboxes. I feel like even four is not going to be enough with how big Orbos is. Yeah. I can hear it in your voice like you cannot wait to get new mailboxes. But those mailboxes, they decided like they already have two and then they place another one just like almost right next to it. There's two other like three other areas to <laughs> they could put it. There's so many places, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's a start for sure. Yeah, one by the crafting area would be nice. Yeah, it'd be very nice. 
Yeah, but I think they're not going to do that uh, on purpose because they will know how it's going to go. People are going to gonna stay on Ouroboros and keep like moving from the left to the right, keep posting, reposting, crafting. I don't think they want to do that to create that situation to give the crafters and the gold makers that ease of of generating gold. We can do that already, though, if you have the long way. So many people said we need more mailboxes. It makes sense, right? And it makes sense that they put it right outside the Great Vault and where you have your bank. I mean, that makes complete sense. I mean, just get on, get on with the mount that has the mailbox <laughs> on it. Just do it because, yeah, yeah that will be more more easy i do think there will be something in the future like that with like a, a mount with a mailbox and a, and a and a and a guild bank yeah i mean potentially we might see that at some point yeah at least hopefully i'd like it the main part uh because we don't have a lot of to tell at the moment is uh we have hiccups on the show and the main subject like uh, sensible already so- told us it's going to be about flipping and flipping on uh, multiple surface and of course at the end we're going to talk about the blizzcon um, Hikons, tell us when did you start making your gold? Uh, so I started gold making towards the end of WAD, just when they added the tokens. Uh, I thought it'd be pretty cool to just pay for my game time using those tokens. Uh, so that's when I really got into gold making. And then, yeah, I first started out with like professions and uh, like farming. I did uh, old pets and some of the uh, like raid and dungeon instances and sold those on the auction house. And then, like towards the end of what I was raiding as well, so uh, I was getting like a lot of BOEs, noticing that people were mispricing them or pricing them too low. Uh, so I started flipping those towards the end of what, and uh, made pretty good gold with that. Uh, and then Legion dropped, got into the one on ones, started flipping those like pretty early. Um, made a lot of gold. Uh, eventually, ended up uh, expanding to more realms. Yeah, to um, explain to people what one-on-ones means are like in Legion with the uh, scaling factor, you could like do dungeons f- very easy when you were a level 101. And it has to do with the epic gear that dropped. Uh, there was like epic gear for 100 uh, level ones and you could build like a full powerful character that could solo run a dungeon. That's a mindset behind the one-on-one. I always saw with the with the one ones. I never really got into them myself because Legion for me was very raid heavy. So I I, I focused on on crafting for the majority of it. But um, it was definitely something that a lot of people were were using a lot of time on. And and obviously it's not really a thing in Shadowlands anymore, is it? No, no. Yeah. The, the the thing was with Legion uh, one-on-ones is that a lot of people that got them from just doing normal yeah. stuff, they got them and they had no clue how to value them. And they put them like for 10k on and we could buy and resell it for like 80k. Oh, yeah. And that's, people, that was yeah. the market. Yeah. Uh, Hikons, go, uh, go on with your story. Uh, by the way, Hikons, how, where did you find out to start with... The flipping on multiple servers. Uh, it just ended up being that way because I was uh, raiding with a couple of friends on a different realm, so I ended up uh, leveling an- leveling another tune towards the end of, e- of like Legion, middle of Legion. Um, so I was like on two realms, I think, beginning of Legion. I can't remember if I was on any more, but I think I was set up on like two realms to start out with, and just saw the potential on being on multiple realms. So I ended up uh, expanding it more, just uh, bringing. Pets and stuff over to get starting capital 
get started flipping. Because uh, you can, um, yeah, list them fairly cheap. So you don't really need to have any gold uh, to get started on a new realm. And it's pretty easy to get set up, actually. And yeah, even with like 10 or 20k, you can get some uh, pretty good deals flipping. Uh, like Jack said, people will misprice BOEs and list them for like 10k when they're worth like 100 or even like 200k. Especially the pieces with the leech were insane uh, in Legion. When it comes to Legion specifically, um, obviously, I feel like I feel like Legion was was the rise of BOE flipping because it was. I remember it was big in, in Warlords of Draenor, but Legion was where a lot of people started talking about it. So it's still, still like um, what do you say? Not not kind of like more. It was. It was. It wasn't that much of a risk in Legion as it is, for example, now, because a lot more people are trying to do it now. What do you think? Do you think it's? Do you think it was easier to flip in Legion than it was now? I think so, because I feel like a lot more people had capital to play around with, just because the, uh, yeah, like the inflation, the yeah. uh, like, we had the Wad Garrison and then the Legion mission tables, uh, so we had a lot of people with a lot more gold. These days, like gold is fairly scarce. We've had a lot of deflation in the past two expansions, and yeah, if you don't have a lot of gold, it's pretty hard to get into flipping these days. And even now, like the prices are relatively high, just because there's such a scarcity on gear. Most people are just going to the auction house for uh, BOEs, uh, so that keeps like the demand really high as well as the prices. I think also the market was different in Legion oh, yeah. because now it's BOE, just like the end game uh, armor. Uh, you want to flip, but the Legion it was not only end game armor; it was also the one hundred and one level uh, you wanted to uh, flip. A lot more options. Yeah, there was a bigger market, and that's that's different. I think that's one of the best markets, as in flipping, I've been in ever. Yeah, it was very it was a very different experience for me in Legion um, because I never really got into into flipping BOEs in Legion because I was always. I was always super scared of it <laughs> early on because uh, I, I was just a heavy crafter at that point. That's pretty much all I did. I didn't do much working in so Yeah, I did a lot of crafting as well. Like Obliterum shuffling. That was really oh, big. Yeah. Obliterum yeah, was really Obliterum. fun. I enjoyed Obliterum a lot. So how's now the, the, the BOE flipping uh, for you, Hakons? I'm, I'm totally not in the market. Uh, not too bad. It's actually fairly easy to pull off. People are still mispricing their BOEs, listing like heroic and mythic versions below like LFR prices. So you can scoop those up and make some pretty decent flips. But I think the margins are a lot slimmer um, than they were like in Legion or even like uh, in BFA. Do you check the what kind of BOEs you're going to flip? Uh, no, I just... If the numbers make sense, I'll just buy it out and try and flip it. Okay. Yeah, for me, I I, I will say after um after waiting a little bit with with BOEs because early on everybody was on BOEs, everybody was farming BOEs, and as the mythic farms got out and people were open world farming, everybody posted BOEs, and it was very very tough to at least on the servers that I've been playing on to get or at least look for the good deals, very risky stuff. Because of how many uh, how many BOEs that people were uh, were farming, but also buying, uh, but now it, it's calmed down a little bit, so there's a little less less risk, at least for what I see. It's uh, a little easier now to to get better deals because there's a lot of people that are really hungry 
to to get gold fast because the the BOE sell just a little bit slower now, which is interesting. But it makes sense, obviously. But actually, something I want to ask about Hecons. What what do you think in in um? It doesn't have to be right now, but what has been your favorite thing to flip? If you have like an item or a market specifically, what do you think? It doesn't just have to be be Shadowlands. It could be like an all time thing as well. I think the jellies were pretty good. The ones from BFA, thin jelly, rich jelly, royal jelly. Those items. What about the peanut butter jelly? Peanut butter jelly. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, that's an interesting item, actually. Is it still? Do you think it's still a good market to be in, uh, Hickles? Yeah, I think if you invested. Uh, in BFA, it's definitely a good market because the prices have gone up uh, quite a bit. There's a lot less people farming them, so a lot less supply as well. And people are still in need of that amount if they didn't get it in BFA. So they're going to either farm it themselves, which takes a really long time, or just buy the jelly off the auction house. Okay. It's not a bad idea, actually. There's, there, not, not when we talk about BFA specifically, there's actually so many mount-related things and just mounts in general on the auction house. And uh there's a lot of gold to be made from them that's also something i've talked about um yeah even some of the pets too oh, yeah. like the really low drop rate like yeah pets from different zones mm-hmm. and also also the, uh, the well what are they called the the pet not charms it's something else they, they they were called something specific in bfa i don't remember what they were called but the ones that you could go to a vendor and and, and buy the pets for like 200 or 250 like the little war machine and what was the other one called? A blight? No, that was a toy. Blight bomber. There was a couple things that you could buy for BFA's version of pet charms. I don't remember what they were called, but they're also good. Good things, actually. Wait, you mean you mean the shiny pet charm? No, I they think. were called they were called something else in in uh, in BFA. You could get them from you could get them from missions as well. And the only one I know is the shiny pet charm. It's like the blue icon thingy, and you have the the now the new one is the polished uh, charm. That's the two I know. Are you talking about like service medals that you use for mounts and pets? No, no, no. It, they were called. It, oh, it might actually be the polished pet charms. Yeah. No, it totally or, is. It totally is. It's the same ones that we're using now. I didn't realize that we use them again. But they uh they they're also used for a lot. Of pets and and toys in in BFA that a lot of people actually still buy. So Hikons, tell us how does a gold maker like you how does your day look? You start up World of Warcraft. What's the first thing you gotta do as in gold making? You gotta check your auctions, check the mailbox, relist your auctions. But which do you have like an order in what what room are you gonna start? Because you're how many you're on at the moment? How many servers? Uh, I'm on a little bit over 40, I think. They did um, combine a couple of realms, but I ended up uh, setting up on a couple as well, so I think I'm pretty close to 40 still. So is there a particular order you're going to start with? Uh, like Recently, I've just been focused on like four or five realms. I don't do all 40. Explain us how you manage that. Usually just pick a day, uh, hop from character to character, realize my auctions... And in Shadowlands, I've been kind of lazy about it, so I list maybe once every like two to three weeks, just so the auctions don't expire. How many auctions do you think you have 
overall on all 40 servers? Do you know? I don't know offhand. How many do you have on the current ones that you actively play on? Do you think? Do you think you know that? Uh, the ones I'm actively on, probably a couple thousand at most. Okay, okay. Because I feel like I feel like with 40 servers, it. Oh my god! <laughs> I could, that's a lot. And that's. I mean, that's a lot. I'm on 22, and I'm already like thinking like lowering the number to 16 because it feels like a day job. Yeah. I like it, but it feels like a day job for me. But you have. I mean, even if you have, if you have 500 options per per realm, you. Know, I mean. <laughs> It's it's so much, you know. You're sitting there. There's twenty thousand yeah. options that you have to post. You could just cut down on the days that you realist. Yeah, that's true. But, that way you're doing less each day. Yeah, but it's still a lot. I mean, if you want to keep it active, how do you pick a new realm? Do do you do any research? If so, what kind of research or? No research, just uh, random choices. Yeah, it also seems like when you're on 40 servers, it doesn't really matter. You just pick one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's Fuck true, yeah. <laughs> now, Hicken is like, he has a dartboard with all the names of, of the servers and like blindly throw dart at it and like see which room he hits this day. Yeah, and yeah. like, okay. Yeah, I just look at the name. If I like the name, I go to that realm. <laughs> she liked it. <laughs> I get, yeah, guys, if you want, if you want a new server, just Pick the one that you, I mean, honestly, it's not a bad idea. You know, there's obviously you can do a lot of previous research and you can look at markets so you could try to figure out what would be a good choice. But at the end of the day, you also have to enjoy the process, right? You have, you have to yeah. pick something that you like. So if you like the, if you like the server name, I mean, that's a good start. <laughs> I, I I can understand the situation in Higgins because he has like so many rooms does, already. It doesn't and matter like, at this point. Just pick one. It's like just... It's like a giant like truck coming every day to him. Like, here's your gold. So this is what I do. I do check a couple of items. I check like old content items and new content items. And I'm checking like what it's doing as a realm value, the quantity. Is it moving a lot in value and quantity? And uh, how is it compared, compared to the region value? And I check like a lot of ghost iron ore bars, living steel, Power to sense the Panthers. Um, what else? What's what's a lot of movement item? Um, Asian mana gems or crystals. Also, I check those out, and also current items like mostly uh, herbing and food. Food can tell a lot what's happening on the server. Like how active is it as in raiding or PvP or whatever. Um, Problem is, you need to check it at the moment that the that the rate is like really on. There's a lot of people on it. Now it's getting less, so it's gonna be harder to check it out. But when nine point one comes out, check where the reals the, the the lot of movement in the food is. That can tell a lot about the realm if there's a lot of activity in raiding and so on. I think that's my work process. I think when it comes to picking a new server, it's also it's 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 heavily based on, on on what the goal is on that new server right um if you know there could be a lot of different reasons for picking a new server it's you want to build up a, a second place where where you flip and you farm and whatever or it's only a flipping server specifically or it's because you moved a bunch of stuff over to another server to sell it there i mean it's I do think when you want to try to farm on different servers, it's going to be a task. Yeah. I mean, obviously, farming is is very, very time-intensive, so uh, it, that's a little bit of a bigger deal. But I also feel like 
I, I, I feel like doing multiple realms is... I mean, that's a long-term goal. I feel like you have to get to a pretty stable point in your goal-making before you decide, oh, I want to do more servers. I mean, obviously, yeah. you can do whatever you want, but shifting your focus early on in your goal-making process might not be the right choice. But, I mean, it depends on what you enjoy. Yeah, I think you definitely want to focus on, like, one realm first, saturate your market, get a nice uh, bankroll going on your main realm yeah. uh, before you start expanding. That way you have... Uh, like, if your goal is to just to pay for your game time, you can just do that on one account or one uh, realm. Can you give the audience a tip how to start on a new realm? How to get to generate that first couple of gold? Uh, so you can just roll an allied race and they start out with, like, one gold. You can use that to list pets. And, yeah, if you want to get set up on a new realm, I would probably just select a handful of them, create a few pets, throw them up on the auction house, and see if they, any sell. And yeah, eventually you'll work up enough gold to start flipping, uh, start making some gold. Yeah, to explain to people that don't know how this works, uh, battle bets, you can uh, sell them on other realms because they're account bounded. You don't have to sell them on the same realm you're buying them on. So you can buy them cheap on like a full high pop or whatever, but mostly a full high pop is mostly cheaper and sell them on a lower medium pop uh, server. Um, you can also, I'm not sure if you did knew that, Higgles, but you can also make a trial character, a second one, like a second character, make a trial version, and he has a little, little bit more gold on him, like the gear you can sell and so on. Do you get to keep the trial? Uh, no, no, because that's not the idea behind yeah, it. Yeah. The idea behind the trial, trial is because it has a little bit more gold than the than the allied version. Uh, you can generate a little bit more gold. I think it's uh, like 15 or 16 gold you can get from a trial for version, but you have to sell the gear and the bags and ev everything it has. You send over the gold to the character you want to flip with, and uh, then, yeah, you delete the uh, trial character. And yeah, listing the pets is really cheap. I think it's like one silver, yeah. even for yeah. 48 hours. But when it comes to pets, a lot of people always ask the question, like, what pets do I go for? Like, what what is going to be my best option? Do I buy, you know... Uh, 50 5000 gold pets or do i buy one really expensive one or i think a bunch of the s smaller pets is a lot better yeah you hit a lot more markets a lot more different uh rather than going all, like, all in on one pet oh yeah i think it's better to go in and i also feel like something that would probably also be really good is picking you, you don't have to make a profit moving things over. Like you don't have to look for pets that will make you gold yep. moving it over. Like you're just trying to move gold over. The fact that it'll be maybe ten percent less than what you what you use to get it over there. I mean, it's better than transferring a whole character. But if you can make a profit, do it. Oh yeah, it's also hard to gauge because gold just tends to be expensive on some realms, yep. more expensive compared to other realms. So. It's hard to say. Yeah, even if you're selling things at like a lower nominal value, you might actually be selling at a profit, depending on how the uh, gold is on that realm. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little tip from my side as well. This, um, what I do is I mostly buy level 25 pets. And it has to do with the level 25 pet is a full ready to play pet. You don't have to level it. You don't have to get stones to get the rarity up. It's all finished done. The thing is, with 25, it stands out more on the auction house. There's a reason people can buy it more, because it's already ready to use it. And you can add a little, what I do, is add a 5,000 gold on top of region value. 
because I see that level 25 thing as a service you pay for. I think there's even a market for level ones as well, just because they made it so the, uh, I think the battle pets all scale down to the highest level pet you have. So if you have a team of like three level ones, all the, uh, if you do like a pet battle, all the opponent's pets are going to be level one as well. Really? I have no clue. I have no clue about it. Okay. Uh, it, it's so, so when you queue up, when you queue up for a battle pet, uh, just battle, uh, it, it, it puts you up against the average level of your team, or it tries to at least, to make it balanced. Okay. Uh, as you level them up, obviously, and you go around the world. So that there, there's definitely a market for the level ones as well. But yeah, you're probably right in the fact that when it comes to when it comes to, I mean, cheaper pets, it's probably the level twenty fives that are the uh, better sellers, at least the fatter, faster sellers. What caught my attention lately is that there's a lot of more talking about flipping on multiple servers. I see it on Reddit, I see it on the discords, yeah. I see it in uh, the game itself. Hikos, do you think it's it's now a trending or something like that? Because the multiboxing has stopped, people are now like diving more into multiple servers uh, flipping? Yeah, I think there's just more people that are into gold making, especially with the uh, long boy craze that we had towards the end of BFA. And then, yeah, with the uh, multi-boxing being pretty much dead, I mean, there's still ways to multi-box, but it's a lot harder these days. So I think a lot of people are just uh, trying to find new ways to make gold, and uh, being on multiple realms is one of those. One of the bigger reasons for people doing multiple realms is the fact that finding profit in a lot of the Shadowlands things uh, was actually really hard on, on a lot of realms because people were crashing markets, they were lowering the prices all over the place. Because they're really easy to access, and we had a lot of farmers, a lot more gold makers out there. So uh, something that that a lot of people have been doing is starting out on multiple realms to get cheaper materials. You know, using supply realms. So going on one realm, building up your gold value to a point where you can invest in a whole bunch of cheap materials, then you take them away to your main server, right? Um, which is an interesting. It's an interesting market, right? It's also it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those kind of gray areas when it comes to gold making. You're also now at the moment like uh, doing a little bit of multiple servers. Yeah, flipping, yeah. Right? I am doing uh doing two different servers where I've moved things between them. Yeah, can you manage it so far? I can manage it definitely. It's uh there's a lot of profit in it because you're moving you're moving you're moving materials that have completely different values in between markets and. The the thing about it is, depending on how you do this, you can't. So so it's. I wouldn't say that it's completely safe to do this because people have been banned before for abusing the economy. If they take, let's say, if they take a specific material and they get it for three hundred gold on one server, and then they go over to another server, they post it for one hundred and fifty gold, which is maybe like eighty percent lower than what they have it on the server already. But uh, you mean like when you're gonna transfer? Yeah. So so yeah. So if you abuse the economy, like if you destroy markets by moving things between realms, that is something that you can get banned for. Yeah. So so it's not that you manipulating the market isn't uh, isn't illegal. It's it's allowed. But the transferring, that's a thing. Blizzard can like uh, give you a ban. I don't know. Can they give you a ban for it, or do they like? It's a gray area because people have been they've gotten banned for abusing the economy before, and abusing the economy is a very broad term. Like it can mean anything, right? It's kind of the same thing with what the multi boxing TOS used to be. 
But what we we know from from people we've seen getting banned before, if you buy a whole bunch of mounts, pets, gear, whatever, whatever it is, and you go over to another server and you crash the markets on purpose, there's probably going to be people that report you because they either think you're a bot or they're, you know whatever it is. And people have gotten banned for that before. So I will say, if you decide that you want to do cross-server economies and you use the supplier realm, say you buy a whole bunch of materials, you move them over to another server to, to sell them for a profit, um, follow the, uh, the, the server's prices, right? Follow the market values, follow the, the historical prices on there. Because that way, you are not abusing the economy. You're not killing the markets. You're not destroying the markets. And um, that's probably the safest way to do it. Yeah, second of all, you're only eating out of your own profits. So yeah. if you want to dig your own grave, go ahead. But it's, it's for my words, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, one thing is you're, you're losing out on gold and you're ruining for other people. And that's one thing. But the other part is you can act- actually get banned if, if that's something that you're abusing. So if that's something you decide to do, just be, be careful. And follow the, I guess, kind of unspoken rules. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say these days, honestly. Somebody called uh, Yisa. Oh, Yisa, yeah, the name Yisa, right? Yeah. Yisa. Uh-huh. And uh, he, she, I don't know, uh, plays on eight realms. No, he plays on twenty realms, but with oh, eight yeah. accounts. Eight accounts. Uh, and he's trying to get to twenty-four. And what he, he does is he crafts transmog. The majority of what he does is crafting transmog. And he sells it on the auction house. Now, um, I don't have a list of all the things that he's crafting. But currently on his 20 realms, he's posting around 40,000 auctions every day. He's been slacking a little bit. He's, he, he's been saying that. But he has around 40,000 auctions to post right now. Yeah, but he does it on multiple servers. Yeah, he does it on 20 servers. He does it on 8 accounts. Um... Just like thinking of it, like setting that up. Oh my yeah, god! it's, it's a like... lot of work. Right now, it takes him around uh, two, three weeks to set up a new realm completely. And obviously, this is because he buys a lot of the things. So he he gets to a, he makes profit off of his other servers, and then he gets to a point where he has enough liquid gold to be able to start up a new server. Hey, Gons, you you craft as well on multiple servers, right? I do. And how many? Um, probably like five or six, but I'm only focused on two right now for like the uh, current Shadowlands markets because I haven't bothered leveling on the other realms. Is it time worth it to do something like that? Do you think? Uh, I think it definitely is if you can split up the load between multiple accounts. Uh, especially if you have like eight accounts, it's gonna be a lot easier to do shuffles and crafting on each of your realms. The, the gold per hour that he currently makes is definitely worth it in terms of efficiency. Um. I think what he told me is currently every day he's making oh, what was it? I don't remember exactly what the the, the full profit was, but he, he 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 uses I think it's four to six hours on posting every day. If he posts every day, he uses it between four to six hours, which is very high in amount of time spending on posting. I mean that that's a lot of upkeep, but I I, I mean I'll say. You'll be able to make uh, a lot of profit, and I think I think you said that last month he made fifty-two million in profit from it. Um, which is, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of gold. That is a lot in, of gold in, yeah. in thirty days. Fifty-two million. I mean, it's it's a lot. 
he's going to get to a point where he, he's done setting all these things up and then it's just printing gold basically right but yeah again it's the setup it's oh yeah for me. <laughs> I, I will say when, when it comes to crossover economies it is it is a lot of work and if it's something that you are considering yourself and it's something that you are thinking about expanding to i will say that don't don't underestimate one one ser- what one server can do that that's all i'll say like you don't have to play on multiple servers to be able to make millions of gold you definitely do not because i like i i i, I talk from experience right i've been able to make uh I mean, at the start of the expansion, I made very close to like 1.5 million every day on one server, right? So it 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 all depends on how much time you have, how how much you know about your server. There's always gold to be made in so many different areas. So it all depends on what you want to do. That's true. Um, Acons, as in tools and resources for flipping on multiple servers. Do you miss anything in it? Is, because there's no add-on for, for players like us? Would you like to see something like that? And if so, what? Are you talking about like moving items from one server to the other? Or are you talking more like flipping on one? Well, there is like the Magpie website. Uh, I use it. Um, but it has his limitations. Uh, but I mean, like, uh, let's say you want to compare your servers, like how much I'm making on this one, how much I make on this one, how much time I'm spending on this one, how much sales I have on this one. Would you like to see something like that? Would it, for you, make it more interesting or handy? Uh, I think, doesn't TSM Ledger handle most of that? You can look at specifics of uh, each realm. Uh, yeah, you can do it by manually clicking every server and, like, uh, checking out the price and writing it down. It's not that you can like click a button and you have like all the servers next to each other telling you all the info you want because that's sadly not possible yet in Tracecomas. I did in the episode five. I asked Gumdrops about it if that's possible. So maybe we can get to see something like that. I am very interested to see what Blizzard is going to do about it because uh, one of the things that is happening right now is we're obviously seeing people crashing markets all over the place. And I like right now moving in between servers is <laughs> like you can do it, but no, I'm not. I'm not talking about moving. I'm talking about comparing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I I, I was that, that's why I was saying I was I'm interested to see what Blizzard thinks of it. Oh, you mean like transferring? Yeah, yeah because they they made a change on multiboxing, right? It's a thing I don't do. I've never transferred in my life. Uh, well, basically because I just started in September with multiple servers. Uh-huh. But I would never do that, something like that. What I do is like doing the pets because, yeah, Blizzard make it that way yeah. that you can account bound it. But I would not do. Okay, let's say, let's say you picked the wrong server for it, and then you like you have all the items and it's not selling. There's no market for it because it's already being like monopolized by somebody else. Then you're screwed, right? Yeah, you just take your whole stack and you move it away. It's uh... don't you have to pay for it again? Well, of course, but. When you're when you're moving very 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 big stacks of either gear or materials or whatever it is, you make pre like you pre calculate how much profit you're potentially going to make, and you make sure that you're making more than what the cost of moving is. Yeah, I think most people are just moving a few mil at least. Yeah. So that way they could cover their expenses. Yep. Like a, a lot. Of, yeah, and you you can't move more than one million. 
per character. Unless you do a guild, then you can take. Yeah, I think it's like $15 more. It's probably worth it if you're going to move over 10 million to a certain server. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, Do you think what, what Sensible just said, Hikons, about uh, Blizzard taking steps against it, like with multiboxing third-party software... Uh, do you think it could happen that this is gonna say like okay server transfer is perfect but you cannot move anymore like this or uh hard to say they already have the limitations on the amount of gold that you can transfer and yeah like transferring a different realm and moving items back has been a thing for i mean a couple of expansions now they haven't really done anything about it that's the same thing that was with multiboxing you know all, all, I feel like all it takes is enough people to complain about it, and then, <laughs> and then they're going to change it. Oh my god, you're starting a revolution now, Sensible. If it's something that you consider doing, or you see somebody doing, or you see somebody talk about it, just think about it and, and uh, be smart about it. Don't recklessly go out of your way to, you know, you see... You, like. I, I see a lot of people being very petty on the auction house right now, like destroying markets for each other. <laughs> the war. Yeah. PvP, PvP's out. PvP, PvP's out. Yeah. It's now gold making wars. Yeah, so, PvP, yeah. Auction house PvP. BlizzCon is just around the corner. The next week's episode is in the middle of BlizzCon, actually. So um, we, we've obviously got the schedule now, and I wanted to talk about what we're what each of us are excited about coming for blizzcon uh and me specifically i am very very excited to hear i mean obviously about wow right we get we're getting news about a new patch we're getting news about whoever knows what i mean they they have panels about what's next deep dives and then we're also going to see the the tree mount um do you, do you guys remember the, the, amount, Wait, the, the amount that we voted for. Oh, the ancient Yeah, one. the ancient tree. And apparently it's been rumored that it changes with the seasons. Uh, so there's going to be like a winter and then fall and then summer and then spring. So it changes. It changes. Same like with the pet. Yeah, in a way. So so when it's uh, summertime, it's going to be a nice luscious green t- tree. But when it's fall time, it's going to have, you know, the orange, the, the yellows, the reds, so the leaves. And it was winter time. It might, you know, be a snow, snow tree. But How does that work if you're in like a different hemisphere? I have no idea. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. It's all, also only a rumor. So I have no idea. But maybe it's a, so, like a theme. Okay. What do you guys like, like hyped about? Well, what do you want to look at? I mean, I, I, I'm personally very excited for, for Diablo news. <laughs> really? Same. I'm looking forward to Diablo 4. Very excited. I really hope they're going to talk about it. You guys talking about the mobile version, of course. Yeah, sadly. I'm very excited to hear potentially something about Diablo 4. And then also Overwatch 2. I'm just excited that we get to have a BlizzCon online. And we don't even... I mean, it's, it's amazing. For me, for me, the same. I, I'm, I'm curious about Overwatch. I do like to play FPS games. Uh, I'm hoping a little bit they're gonna announce like the pre-patch sales. Um, so watch out maybe for that because it should be out this year, right? Overwatch two. Uh, I don't know actually when it's supposed to be out, but it's very important to look at all these uh, announcements. If you're somebody uh, that's making Golden Wow, this like BlizzCon will make the WoW token go absolutely wild. So if I would say, if you need a WoW token before BlizzCon, 
I <laughs> go get it now. I mean, unless you want to, you have the time to wait until after, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see something in my head tells me with Warcraft Three, the reforged version. I think they announced the pre-sale day they announced it. Yeah, but we we can't expect anything because this completely different BlizzCon. It's online as well. It's you know in February. It's it's. I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, Hikos, you're excited about Diablo? Yeah, like Diablo Four should be pretty awesome. And I used to uh, play a lot of Diablo Two back in the day, and then I'm also excited for the new Hearthstone expansion, which I imagine they'll yeah. announce yeah. at the new BlizzCon. Did you play any Diablo Three at all? Uh, I play sometimes just for the season rewards, but yeah. mostly uh, I like the Diablo 2 style more than the uh, Diablo 3 style. So I get that. Yeah, definitely looking forward to Diablo 4. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see if they're, I mean, if they're even going to show us any. Because, like, if we look at the schedule, it doesn't say Diablo 4 anywhere. <laughs> so I'm, nope. I'm kind of scared at the fact that they might just show us what they're working on in a mobile game. And not really that much about Diablo Four, but I I hope I really I really hope that they're gonna talk about Diablo for sure. What about nine point one? I mean, that's the main thing for us. I mean, we don't we don't know because the only thing that they've currently put out on the PCR is nine point zero five. You know, so <laughs> we, I mean, we can you can you imagine they don't even give us nine point nine point one. Wait, you mean like what, 9.05? Yeah, on the PTR, they put out a 9.0.5. Yeah. And uh, not 9.1. And it might, you know, it might be a ploy. They might have swapped up the way that the, they name patches. We might actually get all that we want in that patch. But what I'm saying is, what if we don't, and we don't get 9.1 until like May? <laughs> I think the 9.0.5 is coming out in like March. Yeah. So it'll probably be like May or June for the uh, 9.1. But I think we'll get some sort of announcement during BlizzCon. I hope that there's something to do in 9.0.5, like some sort of thing, because I imagine that a lot of people will get very bored with the expansion if we do not get like a new zone, new raid, all that stuff before May, like in the middle of May, end of May. I got a little bit of a new topic, uh, talking about PTR 9.05. Uh, they just added in the new uh, Evelyn Forest a house with a, a D&D reference in it. Yeah. And it's uh, it, the name could reference to Volo's Guild to Monsters of uh, Dungeons & Dragons. I'm not a Dungeons & Dragons person, so I have no clue. But there is going to be a new house in Evelyn Forest, so uh, at the Crystal Lake. It, <laughs> wow. And <laughs> it's just like, wow, it's so exciting. I'm so excited to get a new house in Elven Forest where I haven't been. <laughs> I mean, and maybe, maybe it's going to get a mailbox. No, but I, I don't understand. Like, how starved for content is that patch if that's the thing we're excited about? That's what I'm scared. I'm scared. Jack, I'm scared. But what can we expect in nine point one? What do you What do you think, uh, Higgins? Yeah, I don't know about engineering, but I think the uh, crafting professions will still be pretty good. Assuming we get a new raid, we're probably going to get upgrades for legendary gear. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they're going to do that. Uh, 
what do you think? Like, we're going to get uh, rank 5, rank 6? Yeah, probably like rank 5, rank 6, rank 7, maybe. I think they're just going to add up to 8, do 4 additional ranks. How did it go in the, in the back, back in the BFA? Did we get at the first... No, we didn't get new materials. We didn't get new zone before 8.2. Um, so the chance is big we won't get it as well this time. Well, we don't know because the, the, the thing is so, uh, something that a lot of people are saying is the fact that the lore is different this expansion. It makes sense that we would get a new zone because of how the lore currently is running along in the expansion. We're getting to a point where we've completed the lore perspective of all the zones. There's no new stuff unless somebody something just pops out of nowhere. Um, and we're like we're ready to go onwards. Do you know what I'm saying? So it makes mm-hmm. sense if yeah. we unlock a new place or there's a new zone or whatever the you know, it's the afterlife. They could literally just say, okay, we're gonna flip this one. We're just gonna say this whole place is now another place. <laughs> you know, it, it could go anywhere. We have no idea. I think the raid will probably just be in one of the existing zones. You think uh, so? If you play through the Venthyr campaign, it's like the like the story leading up to the current raid. So imagine they'll probably do something similar with one of the other zones. But I, I thought about that, but um, a lot of the, like some people were saying that we might get like a Meldraxxus raid. Um, but I, I don't know. I re- I really don't. What are you guys hoping for? By the way, that's. Maybe easier question. I want to see new materials and I want to see a new zone. That's what I'm hoping for. But I, yeah, I, 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 I really don't know at this point. But that's what I hope for. I want, I want a new zone, new materials, and all that stuff. I'm literally hoping for better engineering stuff. And here's the thing: what, what, what we know how Blizzard works. Like they make something crappy, and then the next patch, there's a big chance they're gonna make it good. Uh, what happened in BFA, uh, like as in BFA, in early BFA, like they already put in the mounts and all the great stuff you could do with engineering. Then after the, all the patches, it went like shit almost. Usually when it comes to professions, you can see what their whole plan for the profession is, the whole expansion. You can see that very early on. And I would imagine they're just going to continue building on what they currently have for the expansion. They're probably not going to change much. I was going to say, engineering in BFA wasn't actually that, that that bad. A lot of people actually who were into raiding had to go engineering just because of the uh, like Azure gear that you could craft with the helm slot. I would at least see a mount. There's like uh, a pet we can already craft. There's, uh, <laughs> I have no clue what the name is. I, I honestly think what, what it seems like they're doing this expansion is they're putting a lot of the collectibles outside of professions. So they're putting them, you like we can see right now, all the covenants, they have all the pets, they have all the transmog cosmetics, mounts, all that stuff is through your renown, it's through your uh, covenant progression, you know, whatever buildings you have with the covenants. It's not that heavy on the professions themselves. And I, I feel like, honestly, it's probably going to continue being like that. Uh, what I do think and hope for is there's going to be a new kind of auto hammer. It's the only uh, old uh, crafted product besides the gun shoes that you can still use and is still needed. And it's like two expansions old already. So it would not like blow my mind if they're going to do a new kind of auto hammer or something like that. It would blow my mind if they pay a lot of attention to professions because it seems like it's been put on the back burner a lot this expansion um 
But I mean, maybe we might see some very exciting stuff for professions coming up. It, something that I would really enjoy is obviously we have to base legendary items, but but finding somebody like in terms of the lore perspective as well, right? We find this legendary runesmith and he's making these legendary items for us. It could be nice if we found some other people that make these legendary, of, I don't know, mounts or pets or other gear pieces or i don't i don't i don't know i don't know maybe it's maybe it's better potions better uh elixirs i mean what whatever it is it could be cool that would be pretty insane legendary consumables but can, can you imagine it you know I, uh, who knows at this point like what like think of it like this if they made a base legendary flask that you get Right, and then you can, and then you can upgrade it at the Runesmith, um, to give specific stats, or it gives you some something specific, or it it pops a nice effect on you, like when you drink the potion, you turn on fire or something. I don't know. I mean, like a consumable that never runs out. Yeah, so you have a reusable consumable that you that that is a legendary consumable. Kind of like the uh, Diablo three potions that you can get. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like I feel like that would be really cool because that adds another uh, real reason for people to pay attention to professions. There are already items like that uh, in Legion. There was in uh, Warlords of Draenor and Legion. I know they had yet yeah, items you could use over and over again to give you a little bit of buff. I cannot remember the name of it, but uh, yeah, that idea would be good. And especially if you can do it as an as in crafting, where you can upgrade. Yeah. Were you talking about like the augment runes that you can reuse? Yeah, yeah, like the augment runes. Yeah. yeah, but make it more interactable. You know what I'm saying? So, so like make make the crafting process exciting. That's what I'm saying because I feel like that would bring something exciting back to professions. Because right now you're literally just you're you're pressing create and then that's it. I feel like base legendaries they're nice because you make an item and then you take it over to another place and you put some other things on it to make it better for a different reason. Get a cool little cinematic and then you know it adds a little bit more you know in the whole uh rpg feel we uh now are like at the end part of the show episode six with hickons first of all hickons we want to thank you for joining our show and we would like to invite you of course back again uh in a couple of years uh sounds good thanks for having me on the show where can people find you by the way uh just been streaming a lot on uh twitch these days so twitch.tv slash econs i do also mm-hmm. put some things on twitter and uh occasionally i'll put out a youtube video as well uh all under the same username yeah we will put the links in the youtube uh description as well so you can check it out um don't forget you guys can follow us now on youtube spotify apple uh, podcast uh, Google Guest, uh, Stitcher. Uh, what Jack is saying is, you can probably find the podcast on every single uh, podcast platform that you can find. <laughs> so, I'll say yeah, yeah, there, there it is. I mean, you, you you search up the podcast on any anywhere, and you should be able to find it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Because of BlizzCon next week, uh, we're not gonna record our show on Friday like we normally do. Because, yeah, we want to actually talk about a bit about, about BlizzCon next week. So we're going to record it on Sunday and it will be posted on hopefully Monday. And then you can check out uh, episode seven. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, are we going to talk about BlizzCon and what else are we going to do? Uh, we're also going to talk about some goal-making add-ons, which is really relevant when it comes to also talking about around BlizzCon because then people will have new ideas, new new found purpose as to what they're going to make gold on and what they're going to do in the game. Yes. So if you have any questions about gold-making add-ons or you have maybe already some questions about BlizzCon, uh, comment on the YouTube video. That's a possibility. Or go to our Twitter. The AH underscore podcast. There you can uh, comment or us or send us a tweet and uh, with your question if you have a question at least. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that's it. Any last words, Hakons? Uh, not that I can think of. Thanks again for having me on again. I think you're gonna say something special. I mean, I no. mean, as you know, people are in different mind spaces. I mean, I like to say I like trains or I like turtles. I like cake, whatever. It <laughs> whatever it is. I could go for some cake. That sounds pretty good. Ooh, that's a good idea, actually. Not a bad idea. I like upside-down turtles. That is awfully rude, Jack. Guys, thank you for the show. See you next week, episode 7. Be there or be square. See ya! See ya!